When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the early morning, shall we say, edition of Spits and Suds post game as the Stars, unfortunately, fall to the Minnesota Wild 3-2 to two in two overtimes. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by EP Rinkside. Shap Shots, our NHL guru, D Magazine as well, Sean Shapiro. And it's late for all of us, my friend, but I, I was just saying before we started this, I feel as though the storylines of Game 1 could have filled a whole series. What an amazing start to the series. Seriously, right? Like, it's it, it was... That was... A tremendous hockey game. Let's just be clear on that. Obviously, if you're a Stars fan, not nearly the way you wanted it to end. Um, but that was such a fun. We're all going to be feeling it tomorrow morning. We're all going to be having an extra cup or two of coffee. I know I remember, I think you have a presentation in about five, six hours or <laughs> I so. Do, I do, I do, yeah. That's your, that you're going to be feeling it on. So, yep, but yep. Uh, that was a tremendous hockey game. Like just, just great game. Uh, both teams adjusted. We saw some new names, faces kind of step up on both sides. Um, some good goaltending, really the, I mean, the one, obviously the most unfortunate thing about the game, and we will talk about this in in this pod is the, obviously the injury and the, uh, and the worry about, uh, Joe Pavelski's health, but, uh, really, from a hockey perspective, like what a fun night of hockey and yeah, just that's only game one, right? I know. That's I, still I, Double I, check me on that, right? That was only game one, right? No, absolutely. <laughs> and trust me, we're going to try to get to as many storylines as possible. Well, we don't want to cheat this thing. I mean, we're doing this for a reason, so we're going to go through them. But first off, you and I have both tweeted about this. I understand TV rights. But if the game you're saying is at 8.30, play it at 8.30. Yeah. You, yes. you can't, yes. and I'm not blaming the Stars in any way, because mm-hmm. they are at the mercy of the NHL, and everybody was at the mercy of Carolina versus the New York Islanders. At the same time, you know, the Stars, rightfully so, told Stars fans, get in your seats at 8. We need you there early. That's a long time for fans to wait, and I just don't, you know, I mean, you're you're even asking, like, I mean, we're trying to grow the game here, and I understand that you have to put some games late night, but I just look at, like, we're just talking about how great this game was. What's the percentage of kids that are able to watch this game? 
I mean, it's got to be minuscule. Yeah. Yeah, not not many. And so I just, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, I get frustrated, Sean, when, you know, you say the puck drops at 8.30. You know, I understand if you want to give a little pad time, you want to make it 8.35, 8.40, try to wait for the game. But at some point, you just have to say, you know what? We have to start this game. That's what the NFL does. And it's the thing about it is like I, right now, I think there's a bit of a narrative out there on Twitter that they're blaming the Carolina game before, but this was always the plan. Like that's when warm up started that time. It was always the plan. If Carolina and the other game, if the Carolina game had gone later, they would just would have started this game on ESPN. I believe ESPN U is the flex channel that's set aside for this. So it's, it's the thing that's, that's the thing that makes it most frustrating to me is it's not that they are uh, i would actually i would actually almost understand it better if they were saying we're holding it for the tv rights but really this was the plan they've known this from the beginning wednesday's game will also start at 8:50 everyone who's listening like plan for that yeah so like i just to me just if you're going to advertise don't if, if be honest with your consumer base. Like it's playoff hockey. You're still going to sell tickets. It's not like the 20 minutes is going to stop people from buying the game tickets. Like, but just tell people the truth on it. It just becomes, it's such a ridiculous, like to me, it's such a ridiculous thing where it's like, Oh, well, wait, the game starts at eight or eight 30 when it really starts at eight 50. Like it's just tell the truth about it. Just put it out there. You knew this was the plan. Like I want to, I, I want you to just, be honest with your consumer. This is an entertainment product. So put out the, the, the right time. So yeah. I, I uh, that, that to me, this game, I would have been the game time. We would have looked at it initially and been man, like, man, that's late. And we would have been ticked off a bit, but you also would have been like, hi, hey, at least they told you what you're signing up for as opposed yeah. to sitting there at eight 30 and like, wait, wait, it's eight 30. It's eight 35. It's eight 40. It's eight forty-five. Oh, now the game's starting. Like it's so. Give me, give me honest start times. It's yeah, and then just just be honest about it. So, so we talked in our stars preview, which now is yesterday, and one of the things that we mentioned was the physicality of the Wild. I, I did think in the first period that the stars just didn't seem crisp. Uh, I thought Minnesota did a good job preventing the stars from getting going, but at the same time. Just not the start you wanted. Um, they got better as the game got along. Heck, in overtime, they dominated. Um, and, you know, I mean, the shot disparity at one point during the game was heavily favored in front of, uh, you know, as far as Minnesota. I just felt as though that first goal was coming from the Wild. Uh, but then, you know, I felt as though that Hartman cross-check on Essa Lindell I like how the Stars didn't retaliate and get a matching or a possible matching, went on the power play, scored, then another penalty. Um, I believe it was a, was it a Felino slash? Yeah. That yeah. sent the Stars once again on the power play, and they make the wild pay, and you're like, okay, we're in business now. So um, I thought yeah. the Stars' power play was, you know, really good, but... Once it started missing that piece, you know, that piece is just so crucial. And, yeah, we'll get to it when we get to it. But, I mean, you know, I thought I thought that penalty by Hartman until that point, I thought the Wild really, you know, were, were playing better than the Stars. Yeah, Minnesota came out as a much better team. Yeah. Um, they came out better. They played better off the jump. 
Um, they really set themselves up well to handle the stars for check. They really clogged the zone. They really, they, they really came out as the better prepared team and you saw it. And then they score the goal on the Caprizov goal with about uh, 48 seconds left in the first period, a play where just kind of little bit of unluckiness, Yanni Hockenpah loses his footing. Caprizov's allowed to kind of go untouched to the front of the net really good tip by an elite player it's a good goal but kind of one of those where those are those are the breaks in a playoff game and then you get into the second period and one of the things where like stars lost this game but there's actually in a very weird way to me this game felt more desperate to minnesota than dallas to me it felt I felt if Dallas lost this game the way it ended, if Dallas lost this game, and they did, the series, there's no real panic. I still think Dallas can win this series. If Minnesota lost this game on a night when they gave everything they had and pushed the way they did and then still lost, I don't know how Minnesota would have responded to this one. Like I really think this was a must-win game for Minnesota to win the series, and it wasn't necessarily a must-win for Dallas. Now, we'll see what happens in game two and three and everything like that, But and it might be wrong, but that's just kind of the feeling I had on this. And one of the things that really stood out to me as a positive from Dallas' perspective, um, and obviously this is definitely, we're going to talk about the Pavelski stuff in a minute, but the Stars, the, the referees, um, refs do call penalties in the playoffs. Um, yeah, you mentioned <laughs> that. You mentioned that in the preview. Yeah. That was a great point. Some, some not enough, as we're, we're going to get to in a little bit, but in general, they do. And the Stars are the best faceoff team in the NHL. Um, I was looking this up. I looked this up during like the third or fourth intermission to make sure I had the number. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, I mean, Stars led the NHL in faceoff percentage of the regular season, winning 54.8% of their faceoffs. Minnesota was 25th in the league, winning uh, 47.7%. Um, the the both of the stars goals right um they were they were both from that they were both uh they were both in the offensive zone on the uh on the it was because it was ben taking it so this is we're doing this is me figuring this is me double checking. i think the yeah ben was on the right side taking the face on the right side yeah Yeah. ben taking it on the right side and the same thing with pavelski taking it on on the right side um the stars have been very good in the offensive zone on faceoffs in that circle, and I was able to look it up using uh, using Instat, and that uh, that that zone, that spot in particular for Minnesota, Minnesota has been very bad in that circle. Um, Dallas in the regular season won fifty one percent of their faceoffs in that circle. Minnesota only won forty eight percent of their faceoffs in that circle. And I know that sounds like a small percentage point. If you're, if you're if you're thinking about things, but it is it's actually a pretty big number. Um, so the faceoff battle, Dallas is a very very good faceoff team, and those little increments are going to be huge for the remainder of this series. I think it's going to be a really big thing. It's one of the reasons that, frankly, only reason Minnesota was able to get anything against Dallas was on a couple weird breaks. I just don't see how Minnesota is going to establish any in zone presence against Dallas if they can't win a faceoff. Yeah. Because stars have done a really good job, really good job limiting Minnesota's transition and, and stopping that. So that that's a positive to me. Now the, the hints goal 
great shot. The Robertson goal. I really like the setup for Dallas. Now it's probably the one. How can you how can you say Philip Gustafson made any mistakes at all? He was yeah, great, but he was. it's the one. It's the one where you like he'll look back and like I probably wanted that one, but it's it's something where like it's that's great. You you, you strike quick and you strike you strike quick like that on both on both uh, on faceoffs. Then things kind of and and then we get to basically the events at the end of not even the end sorry about uh, 12 minutes in with the, the 12 minute mark yep. of the uh of the second period where i know I, I had to mute my twitter notifications on this because minnesota yeah. fans were jumping down my throat on this i like that's a bad hit man yeah like that's that, that's a predatory high hit against a player with a puck is no longer in play Right now, to be to be clear, and I want to give the caveat on this. In all fairness, the official NHL rule book, I believe, the terminology is you get three seconds. You, you get within three seconds, or you, like immediately having given the puck, given the puck up within three seconds, you're eligible to be hit. So he is eligible to be hit in that play, um, but eligible to be hit is a bump, a hip check. It's not a high hit to the head a high hit to the upper body on a player who is no longer part of the play that to me is predatory that to me is a dangerous hit and every time i watch it it doesn't get any better i know people yeah. keep saying like oh well he, like it's not even the injury part but, but like I, people were like oh like i had people yelling at me on social media of like oh well any hit that gets hurt someone gets hurt on you think it's a it's a suspension. No, that, that's not what it is. It's this. I, I honestly think injuries. I actually hope injuries don't come into play on on high hits. Like I, I think whether if Joe Velsky walked away from this unscathed, I still think it would have been a suspendable hit. Uh, this is a dangerous, dangerous play, mm-hmm. and it's it's something where I'm I'm not trying to like. I've watched it multiple times and. I'm not sure if I'm speaking from emotion on this one of human level or I'm speaking on the rule thing. I'm not sure, but like hockey's a great sport. We love it. It's physical, but it's supposed to be physically grinding on your body. It is physically grinding on your body, and that's okay. But muscles can heal. Bodies bodies go through like you only get one brain, man. Like, it's just like, it, I, like, I look at yeah. that and I just like, and knowing Pavelski's history with concussions, yeah. I just look at that. And, and I got to say, Gavin, I don't know if I, I, I was watching the ESPN broadcast and I was, uh, I was quite disappointed how they handled it. The ESPN broadcast. You mean intermission wise with the guys? Both intermission wise okay. and in, in both intermission wise and, um, in play conversation yeah. about it. Um, I thought, a, I think why why do you even have a rules analyst if they're going to give no opinion? For one, I'm going to start yeah. on that. Like Dave Jackson comes in, and he's like, oh, I don't know. Be interested to see what they do here. Right, I exactly. I, I, exactly. I could have done that. Like, give your opinion. Like, give your opinion, and then and then just wait for the call, and then you're going to defend the referees one way or the other. Like, don't 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 do that. That's that's not a rules analyst. That's a rules rules defender. Don't be, like so and then so and then in play and they walked it back a little bit during the in play stuff during 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 the third period but the intermission where you have you have Chris Chelios you have Mark Messier you have PK Subban and 
they're all talking about it from a perspective of it's the playoffs. It's tough. You gotta, right. you gotta finish your checks. They're you very finish old your school checks, thinking, which is fine. Finish your checks. That's fine. Finish your checks, but not a single thought or a single, let me, let me hedge my bet here. Cause I don't want someone to say that, but, but not nearly enough conversation about the human being yeah. that is in the locker room right now and dealing with concussion. It just, to me, did just sports are about stories. Sports are about the humans. And they decided in the coverage of this to dehumanize Joe Pavelski's brain. And that right. really bothered me. It's yeah. just like, and, and I think that's, that's something that just the coverage of this, I thought it was pretty classless of the wild to use a picture of Matt Dumba at the end of the second intermission of just as a score update. I thought that was pretty classless. Um, I thought it was, it's one of those things where, if you want to go through the technicality with me of clean hit or not, if you want, if you want to, if a referee wants to go over with me, I'll be open to that conversation. That's fine. But at the end of the day, I look at that and that is, that's not why we watch hockey. Big hits are part of the game. I get it, but it's not, it's not headshots. That's not why we watch hockey. It's, it's, that's, you you don't need that. You know, I, I likened it, Sean, to a, an open ice hit. Where and yeah. and you know the other thing is is we don't have to mention. That's why you got to keep your head up. I think Joe Pavelski knows at this point to keep his head up. Yeah. Um. The bottom 100%. line is is he was screened and didn't see it coming. Um. Yeah. But it wasn't like he had his head completely down. But I think it's like an open ice hit. Um. The the point being is, do you really have to make that much of an impact? Um. Whereas yeah. you can disrupt the play. And I thought Dumba could disrupt Pavelski and the latency of the hit. I also had an issue with, um, I think it's a great point you made about the amount of seconds. Um, but you know, it's interesting because wild fans are coming after you stars fans were on me just for explaining, um, because everyone was going after the refs. And I said, actually the refs made the call that you want. They called it a five minute major and then correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, you know, it went to the replay and they they looked at it several times, slow motion, different angles. And it's not the refs. It's the NHL control room who deemed it. No, it needs uh, to be classified down. Well, Am I no, right on that or is it refs? I, I, I believe at that point, it's still the referees okay. looking at it. I believe it's still the referees looking at it. So um, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like the. I really didn't. I, I didn't. I I would have kept it as a major. I would. I also didn't like the fact that it just became the equivalent of Max Max Domi's retribution attempt was just canceled it out. It just became. It wasn't even a power play. Like I I, I didn't like any of the way it was handled. Um, and I hope like we're seeing some reports on Twitter right now where Pete DeBoer says. Uh, Pete DeBoer says he doesn't know about Joe Pavelski for said he isn't confident Pavelski will be able to play in game two. I mean, if Pavelski had anything that's like a concussion, he should not play in game two. He should not. The way he was coming off the ice, he should not. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's so, um, so I, it's from the stars. It's like, and in that, and in the hit really, um, it did change the game. Like it changed the game for, and it's, and about, Couple of minutes later, three or four minutes later, Sam Steele gets the uh, gets the breakaway goal 
man, like we talked about Gustav Nyquist all season, and then Gustav yeah. Nyquist comes up with a he's big great play tonight. to set it up. He was great. Yeah, he was. What a great was sneaky trade for for Minnesota yeah. on that. Uh, and and then at that point though, like I actually think like the th- you go to the third period, and you've been you've gone through some adversity. It's a two two game, and honestly, for the final three periods of the game, since there was five periods of this game, for the final three periods of this game, up until the wonky end, Dallas was the better team. Yep. Like the third period, they were the better team. First overtime, they needed Ottinger to make the big stops to keep it going right at the beginning, but they were they were better. Same thing with the third period, and and honestly, Gustafsson was great, and I look at this series where I I don't. It's nothing about the way Minnesota played tonight, other than having a fa- faster start to the game. Nothing about the way Minnesota played tonight tells me that Dallas can't win this series. Yeah, absolutely, and it's. And and that's and that's a huge like like you look at a confidence like that's kind of a that's yeah that's good news for Dallas and I like let's give credit where credit's due you have Brock Faber who comes in and played all year for University of Minnesota loses in the national championship game to Quinnipiac in ten seconds of overtime yeah like the play he made in overtime to stop uh, I got my notes just to stop to to deflect <laughs> Marshman's puck man does that to you, you've got him stepping up the Gustafson playing his first playoff game um he was great and and then and then you talk about stories and storylines developing like Ryan Hartman a guy who the stars traded for Tyler traded Tyler Pitlick for from Philadelphia and never qualified him. And he went to, to Minnesota, the greener pastures for himself. And, yes. And he, and he gets him at the end and he was playing on like one and he was, he was playing hurt. Like the way Hartman was playing. I don't know if Hartman will be back for game two. Yeah. I know. Just honestly, the, yeah. the way, the way he looked, the way he was playing, like, of course he's going to battle through this game, but is he really going to be back for game two? Who knows? We're going to definitely something to track, especially after he played, after he attempted, after he played 25 minutes on a, on a, on a looking pretty hobbled in overtime there. I mean, for the stars, you're like, this sucks. But you never, we never thought they were going to sweep Minnesota anyway. So right. it's, 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 it's easy to think doom and gloom. It's easy to think, oh, we, you stayed up late for this one. But you also, it's still, you're still, you still have home ice in the series. You still game if if it goes to five and set, if it goes to seven, you'd still be in Dallas. Like so the question now for me, Gavin, just the, the big one is obviously because on a on a human like responsibility scale, like Joe Pavelski should not play in game two. I agree. Like, like, so the question becomes, did it work with like Sagan obviously moved up to that spot with Robertson and Hintz? And I just and basically playing with eleven forwards and ten for a good stretch because Domi got the ten minute misconduct. It really messed with the Stars' forward flow. So mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see how they approach Game Two and how they do. They keep Sagan there for Game Two. Do they do they bring Olafson or Kiviranta into the fourth line? Like, or do you? And I don't like the idea, but it's something that I would consider doing. Or do you do you bring in like a Nils Lundqvist and go like an eleven-seven just to try and interesting? See, what you what you see? Do you do one of those two things? I'm really interested to see what Dallas does 
with Pavelski's should be absence in game two. Um, I, I thought Sagan looked started to look comfortable there and in, 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 in that spot, yep. but overall the lineup when you're kind of disjointed that way and you roll the way Pete DeBoer likes to roll lines. It really hurts when you don't have, when, when you kind of have the, the mix up, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on the continuation, by the way, with Domi. I, uh, I, I know he did continue, but unless they just, we don't know if they just told him multiple times, but I don't know. I just think at that point, you just got to call it what it is. I mean, you know, it's, you have to have some kind of retaliation. Um, yeah, it, you just can't walk like, away and say, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like what it's, it's how often, to, how often in, in hockey do we accuse players of teams of being soft? Cause they don't respond. And right. now when a guy does, it's like, it's, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's another example of the league kind of speaking out of both sides of the mouth at some time of the, the enforcement and the marketing side of the league. Right. So yeah, I, uh, I don't, I, I do want, it's, it's, kind. it feels like an unfair, like I mentioned, uh, obviously I mentioned uh, uh, favor looking really good for Minnesota. I really like Thomas Harley tonight. I know he was out there for two goals against, I know it's a, but it was a bit of unluckiness on it, but like looking at how he played, um, all the way back in the first period, one of Dallas's better chances was going back through my notes here. One of like his, one of the his, Dallas's better chances, like two minutes into the game was him doing, like, throwing like a long bank pass off the end boards that Fox almost created for a chance. Like there's, that's another little positive thing we saw there. Like it's just, I thought Harley looked really good. Um, I thought uh, I, I, it's hard to like, of the players who even it's, it's hard to find many negatives for the stars from this game, other than they had a bounce go against them in overtime. Absolutely. That's that. That's it. (laughs) Absolutely. But I mean, you know, I hate to toot our own horn. I mean, I'm tired, so I'm going to do it. I mean, I think we nailed the Dean Evason playbook. Um, Mentioning Marcus Foligno uh, would be going after Harley, which he did going after Wyatt Johnson, which they did. And going after Heishkinen, which they did. And it's actually a good game plan when you look at how the wild makeup takes place. But we did see as the game moved along, you know, physicality can take its toll on both sides. I mean, you know, the ESPN guys were mentioning it. Um, you know, I mean, Razor mentioned it on the on the TV broadcast as well. It's like, you know, when you continue to hit people, can you keep it up for a sustainable amount of time. And we saw the wild wear down in that overtime. So, I mean, it was just a bad, bad bounce. I didn't mean Colin Miller didn't do anything wrong. It just, you know, happened to go on Hartman's stick and he made a nice play. And it was a good play by Sam Steele to kind of force yep. it too. I mean, it's, it's the whole thing where you like, you talk about the way that Jamie Ben aged and everything like that. And it's, we've I've talked about this in a macro term, but on a micro term, when you're every time you're in a hit you're also taking contact too so like you look at it where like i just pulled up the the, the event summary like marcus felino had nine hits right like marcus felino had nine hits he's gonna feel that in the morning and that's like official hits like not not every single bump is is counted so it's it's gonna be uh i'm interested to see how these two teams come back into game two because a, I don't know 
how healthy Minnesota is going to look. I don't know. Or I don't know how healthy Dallas is going to look. And I don't have, I love it. It's, there's not much you can do when you let up the overtime goal. Like Jay Gottinger lets up the overtime goal and he didn't smash his stick. No, he, 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 he just, he just let it roll off him and skated away and he'll be back for game two. Yeah. What did think you Jake Ottinger? Yeah. Oh, like, I was going to say uh, quick. Did you, when he made that glove save in OT, did you think Marty Turco 2008? <laughs> okay. came to my mind. Yeah. A little, a little bit different, uh, yeah. but, but yes, you mean similar vibes to that, right? Yeah. You know, it's overtime the, yeah, flashing exactly. the glove, yeah. glove kind of moves back a little bit. You know I mean? I know that yeah. the save Turco yeah. made, they had to review it to see if the glove passed the line. So yeah. Uh, but I I, th- I thought yeah. of that real quick. Yeah, but like I look at Ottinger, and I know I have faith that Ottinger will bring this same version of Jake Ottinger in game two. Um, I don't I don't have proof that Philip Gustafsson will be this goalie in game two. Yeah, I, I, I don't like he's like he could do it. He could be. He very well could be, and this could be an all time great goaltending series. But he also could be. It's game one, and he's got just played ninety minutes. So. Um, I do think from a stars perspective, just like some notes that I made as I was looking at it, like there's Ryan Suter's got to be better. Like, I know he takes a lot of, I know he takes a lot of heat and try to be fair, but it's, it was one of those games where it was kind of almost fitting where first shot of the series, it's a Kaprizov shot. Suter loses a battle on the boards and it goes to Kaprizov in the slot and Jodger makes the save. Like Suter has, got to be better like it's 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 one of those it's one of those spaces where um and we're not even talking about contracts anymore we're just talking about he looked a bit slow yep he looked a bit lost you he's gonna be your second most played player on ice like he was tonight 34 minutes 42 seconds only second only to Miro who's out there for an additional eight minutes yeah (laughs) Um, the uh tutor has to be better and then the other thing too just big thing difference between Gustafsson and Fleury um I think as this series goes on, I think the Stars forecheck can develop some things when Gustav's in net that they wouldn't be able to develop if Flurry was in that because Gustavson is not nearly as good of a puck handler. Um, the wild defensemen have to do more work carrying the puck out with uh, with Gustafson because he doesn't handle the puck the way Flurry does. And so I think that's something that if you're the stars and you look at a g- adjustment from game one to two, I thought there's a couple moments where Gustafson kind of showed his shaking, his handling the puck. Um, if you can attack that a bit more in game two, I think you can start to create some chances and you can really start pinning some of those wild defensemen to the yeah. boards who are going to be tired. So, yeah, I felt as though in the first period specifically the Wild had a lot of freedom to skate out of their own zone. And, yeah. you know, it, that's that just can't happen, you know, you have to put that pressure um yes, on them. So, but I agree with you. I mean, I feel optimistic. I really do. I mean, it yeah. was just one of those games back and forth. I, I just you know, my message to Stars fans, I understand your frustrations with the referee. There are missed calls on both sides. And that happens, but the referees ultimately did not lose you this game. Um, you know, it was just one of those things where I think it was just bad bounces. Um, maybe if that is a five-minute major, the game might turn in the Stars' direction. Um, but at the same time, you know, can't look back. You got to play it through. And we just, 
you know, we told you, and you just have to understand this series, it's it's kind of similar to Calgary's play last year, where it's like, this is what they're about. This is the physicality. And with the physicality is going to become, you know, missed calls and, and, you know, tough hits and stuff like that. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I mean, like I told Stars fans, I think it was a five-minute major. And yeah. they deemed it wasn't. But, you know, we'll... We'll see. So, I mean, I'm excited for for game two, and uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. This is a uh, this is a blast doing this. You know, it's uh, it's yeah. a lot of fun. It's deserved, and you know, Stars fans get the content that they richly deserve. And uh, we'll 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 see. And uh, I'm I'm glad you're optimistic, just like I was, because as soon as that goal was scored, I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's bring on yeah. game two. You know, we knew this wasn't going to be a four game sweep. Yeah, it's gonna be a good series. It's yeah. gonna be a good series. It's gonna be. It was a great. It was a great night of hockey, but up till the end, obviously from from a Dallas perspective. So. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So thanks for sticking with us on Spits and Suds, and we will be back after Game Two, which hopefully will be on Wednesday evening, not Thursday morning. <laughs> but if it is, we'll still be there. And I love you all, even with an eight fifteen meeting just a few hours away. But it truly, I appreciate the support, and you guys are along for the ride. So we appreciate it. Mr. Shapiro, get some well-deserved rest, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Gavin. This is fun. And everyone, uh, good morning, I guess. Yeah, good morning, everybody. And thanks, as always, for supporting Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan.